Our doctor is in, and so are the doctors of Capital Health. Welcome to the all-new Health 411. Every Sunday morning at 10, Dr. Jonathan Karp, along with our respected panel of guests from Capital Health, take you on an important medical journey to help you navigate your health and the healthcare system. To reach your destination, good health. Health 411 is underwritten by Capital Health. Minds advancing medicine. Capital Health is the region's leader in providing progressive quality patient care with exceptional physicians, nurses, and staff, as well as advanced technology. 1077 The Bronx. 1077thebronc.com proudly nominated for a National Association of Broadcasters 2019, 2021, and 2022 Marconi Award for Best College Radio Station. We are broadcasting from the Bronx All Digital Studios on the campus of Ryder University in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Welcome to Health 411. I'm your host, Professor Jonathan Karp. This Health 411 program is presented by Capital Health. Here, we discuss a variety of issues affecting health and wellness, public health, healthcare policy, and the science of health and healthcare. Our goal is to expand your knowledge and your perspective. Today, Daniel Geller, our student producer, and I are in the studio, and we're going to have a conversation. Um, there's a lot of things we call, could call it today, Dan. There is. Let's call it meat and mental health. Meat and mental health. I like meat that. Meat and mental health. And I'm, what I'm talking about is meat, M-E-A-T, and mental health. Not M-E-E-T, M-E-A-T, yes. very important. Uh, yeah, this, is not, uh, this is not Tinder. Um, <laughs> and what spurred me on to talk about this is a paper uh, in the Journal of Affective Disorders that is about to come out. Um, and we'll provide some background for this because the, the beginning of the title, it's a study that it begins with the association between the meatless diet and depressive disorders. Mm -hmm. Um, why do we care about this? Because I feel like in this day and age, a lot of people are going with sort of the vegetarian trend in terms of, you know, because it's more humane and they see a lot of health benefits associated with it. That's actually true. That's one of the things we're going to talk about. Uh, what are some of the reasons somebody would choose a meatless diet, either a vegan diet or a vegetarian diet? Um, um, but why do we care about mental health? We care about mental health because according to the organizations that track such things, like the World Health um, Organization, um, mental health disorders are one of the leading causes of disability worldwide. Mm -hmm. And especially in the day and age of COVID, it's well, getting a that, lot more well, prevalent. Absolutely, but the data are not in for COVID. Mm. But even before COVID, the World Health Organization tracks something they call a daily. It's a daily adjusted life years. It's a statistic mm -hmm. that sort of, it's a misery, a misery index. Things that don't, misery index. Misery index. Um, it, it's they keep track of things that not don't necessarily kill you. The number one things that kill you are like heart uh, disease, well, cardiovascular disease, right. and cancer. Mm -hmm. um, but there is also things that you can live through, but like make life miserable, mm -hmm. and those tend to be mental health issues. Right. You know, you might be living, you're alive, but you're not productive. You're not working in society. You're withdrawn, and mm -hmm. a whole bunch of other things. They're characteristic, and one of some of the most prevalent mental health issues are related to depression. Mm -hmm. And so people are studying things like they're studying the connection between what people eat and their mental well-being. Mm -hmm. And there are people out there who do things, they choose certain diets, sometimes because they think it's going to improve or help their mental well-being. Of course. Or they have a certain behavioral characteristic and they choose to eat um, certain things because of that. 
But this study that I found, uh, the rest of the title, I'll say that from the beginning, the association between meatless diet and depressive disorders, mm. a cross-sectional analysis of baseline data from the longitudinal study of adult health um, in, in Brazil. And this spurred my interest, the kinds of things that they're talking about. Mm -hmm. In terms of background, it's really a study that looks at the connection um, between meat consumption or avoidance and depression and anxiety and mm -hmm. um, things like that. Now, this is important because the, 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 the vegetarian diet um, is a little bit different than the vegan diet, but they're both sort of meat, you know. Um, meatless, meatless diets. They're both meatless diets. Mm -hmm. The vegan diet goes a little farther. It does no animal products whatsoever. Whatsoever stuff. The vegetarian Including diet. like clothing and all of that sort of thing. That is, and a lot of people who choose that sort of life choice, um, am, I, am I wrong in saying your experience with them, some of them can be very dogmatic in some of their beliefs? <laughs> I mean, some of them are certainly more, I'd say, I don't know if rambunctious is the right word, but very sort of set in their beliefs. You know what I mean? Yes, um, and there's no doubt about it. Um, uh, vegetarian diets um, have been associated with health benefits, um, and some of those health benefits involve things like you know weight loss, mm -hmm. uh, lower incidence of diabetes. Mm -hmm. there's, I mean, there's, there are some health benefits that we'll probably go into yeah. later in the thing, but we're not going to talk about those. We're interested in the effect of some of these um, vegetarian or meatless diets. Um, on mental health, mm -hmm. and other people are doing this too, and it's it's sort of an interesting um, way to look at it because the association or a potential association between vegetarianism and depression is um, unclear, mm -hmm. right? Unclear. There, there's some there's some mixed um, mixed data out there. So what's happening through the scientific process? More and more people are looking at these things, and they're trying to find out what's going on. So this study was done. Um, to investigate whether a meatless diet is associated with a higher prevalence of depressive episodes mm -hmm. in adult men and women. It happened to be done in Brazil, um, but it's a pretty, it's a pretty large, um, a pretty large study. A over, large chunk of data, a large, large chunk of data. Um, and they had over 15,000 people in mm -hmm. it. So it's a, it's a pretty large study. And, and, and these people, um, uh, gave biological specimens. They had, uh, they had an interview process as Correct. well. Yep, a whole bunch of things. They had their dietary um, intake of foods, nutrients, a whole bunch of stuff. A lot of different variables, yeah. A whole bunch of things that were sort of sort of done, um, and they sort of looked. They looked at educational status and the whole things. It was sort of interesting. They found um, the people who sometimes they call them meat abstainers. <laughs> sometimes call them meat non-consumers as well. Yes, as something they yes. Used. The meat abstainers were more likely to be white, more likely to have a higher education, mm -hmm. more likely to have higher income. Mm -hmm. And I, I say this to preface the idea that there is um, there is some evidence and some ideas out there that if you choose a vegetarian sort of diet and lifestyle, that you have to be careful that you get all your nutrients and, and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Through supplements or other routes, whatever, whichever it may yeah, be. Yeah, absolutely, so from what it is. Um, and you know the the in the study you know consistent with the previous literature which I, which I which I think is pretty cool the meat abstainers um, had lower prevalence of overall obesity they had lower um, prevalence of chronic diseases 
they were more likely to take vitamin and mineral supplements, mm -hmm. uh, and they were more likely to, re these are all statistics, I say more likely, statistically significantly more likely to um, report having excellent health status. That sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? Does, it does, certainly, certainly, but yeah. then again, we have the double-edged sword, so what's the, what's the opposite of that, and what do we <laughs> see? Uh, well, um, there, there was a whole bunch of things here. Um, out of the people that they studied, and out of the 15,000, there wasn't a huge number of them that were uh, that, of the meatless diet people. Um, but what's sort of interesting is that when you started looking at sort of their symptoms uh, based on the behavioral surveys that they did, mm -hmm. uh, they, the data show things like the, the people who consumed a meatless diet exhibited a higher prevalence of difficulty concentrating, mm. more forgetfulness when compared to the group that consumed consume meat. They had um, the non-meat consumers had a higher frequency of mild depressive epilobes, episodes mm -hmm. compared to the other group. Um, and you know, it's it, they they do a whole bunch of thing. They actually looked at several different models, mm -hmm. statistical models, controlling for sex, mm -hmm. controlling for a whole bunch of other things that you know, age, sex, color, income, health insurance, smoking, mm -hmm. alcohol, uh, health status, body max index, um, a lot of yeah, a, a whole <laughs> bunch of things. Did any of those things matter? Um, not really. No, what not their really. words were. Positive, asso positive associations were found mm -hmm. between the prevalence of this, this depression, the depression episodes and, and a meatless diet in all the models they tested. Mm -hmm. So everything they could think of that they were controlling from, right, approximately twice as many depressed episodes were showing up in the people who were meatless compared to the people who chose to eat meat. Mm -hmm. Isn't that fascinating? It is quite interesting because what is what, what is causing it then? Like what is that? Well, that, well, 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 well we're not even there. We, actually, in, in that you, you used a word that is dangerous. In this Cause? Kind of, yeah, there's the, this, this kind of study, whenever these kinds of studies are done, um, they're never looking at cause and effect. Mm -hmm. This is a thing of looking. What we're looking here is an association. Just association. To have okay. a cause and effect, you need a different kind of study, mm -hmm. right? That's why you got to take like statistics with me, dude. Uh, I'm down. <laughs> so what, I'm with so it. what we're talking about here is associations, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. correlations. They don't know what the cause is, mm -hmm. right? By by controlling for you know age, sex, education, health insurance, smoking, physical, all those kinds of things that they looked at in this study, they're trying to look at statistically, will any of these things sort of negate? or run out or make the, uh, the general observation less strong. And they found out in this case, that was not the case. Um, irrespective of what they did, the participants in the study who excluded meats from their diet had a higher prevalence of depress depressive episodes as compared to the participants who consumed meat. Mm -hmm. And we'll go into that a little bit more and explore the idea between uh, causation and correlation after we take a break for some underwriting announcements. You're listening to Health 411 on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. There's no appointment needed for this doctor's visit. Now back to the all new Health 411, underwritten by Capital Health, Minds Advancing Medicine. 1077 The Bronx, 1077thebronc.com. We're recording Health 411 
from the Digital Bronx Studios. Welcome back. Today, Dan and I are having a conversation about meat and mental health. And the, the, the idea for this stems from a, a recent paper uh, where people who excluded meat from their diet mm -hmm. exhibited more depressive symptoms than um, than those who included meat in their diet. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that statistical association persisted um, irrespective of um, you know, uh, you know, income, smoking, mm. chronic illness, physical activity. Um, even though the people who were avoiding um, meat had lower rates of obesity, mm -hmm. um, even after adjusting for all these covariates, mm -hmm. right? Uh, the depressive em episodes were 165% higher in the non-meat consumers compared to the meat consumers. Mm -hmm. That is fascinating. Now, this is not the first time that. Um, people have observed or the, have observed that the higher prevalence of depression episodes in non-meat eaters, and I, I wanna talk about that later, later, but it is fascinating to sort of put out there because the people who choose to not to eat meat mm -hmm. are often very dogmatic about some, I guess some people would do it because they're concerned about global warming. Right, or you know, morality with animals, that sort of thing. Yes, those are different things, but some people do it because of different health kinds of reasons. Now, mm -hmm. we're not trying to negate some of those things because this- Because study, there are benefits, of course. There are, there are certainly benefits of those things. Um, you know, and you know, non-meat consumers, even in this study, you know, had you know, lower intake of, of, of certain kinds of things, but there were no nutritional differences but, between them. But if you do not eat meat, there are certain things that will not show up in your diet. So like, um, some fatty acids, like especially the, you know, omega three fatty acids, mm -hmm. the B vitamins like B12 and B6, uh, uh, vitamin D iron, zinc. Those are the kinds of things that are important in your nervous system and in your body. And a lot of people take supplements to, to make sure they're getting all the kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, kinds of things to, to, to make sure that they're otherwise they're otherwise healthy mm -hmm. but it's fascinating here that there's an association and in the previous segment you you used the word cause cause which i shouldn't have used you shouldn't have used you have to be very careful about using the cause here because what they're doing is they're just observing mm -hmm. right and this is sort of you know a big study they're not manipulating anything yeah they're just looking at these things. are correct these are, these are these are what you would call in, in sort of in the language of statistics observational data mm -hmm. you've collected these things when you make the observ observational data you're just observing you're not looking at cause and effect mm -hmm. you're looking at variables that are statistically associated with each other that's an important thing mm -hmm. to make claims about cause and effect you would probably have to do things that conventions in today's world say are not ethical mm. right yeah <laughs> right? where you would have to manipulate somebody's nutritional intake right, and for, see how it affects their over, mental state. Over time. So yeah. like the classic example is, you know, in that kind of cause and effect experiment, you control for everything except the parameter you think is interesting. Right. And then you manipulate that in like a double blind placebo controlled trial. Mm -hmm. And then you see if, you know, then you decode it at the end, you see if those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And those are the kinds of things that certainly were not done in, in this case, yes, not it, at all. It, it was a large, a large scale study. Now, um, the question is, what kinds of things might, so, uh, like I said, this is not the first time, it was the first time 
um, we wouldn't be doing this show. But mm. I, I was like, <laughs> what kind? What kinds of things might contribute the fact that people who were meatless had more depressive episodes? Probably around you know one and a half to twice as much, depending on what they controlled for compared to people who explained meat. One hypothesis. Right, that could explain the association between meat avoidance and higher frequency of depressive disorders mm -hmm. is um, sort of the idea that the symptoms of depression can lead to a change in eating habits. Right. That, that, does that, it, you're following me? It does, it they does. Call it it's sort of like a feedback loop. Well, they, uh, they call it in the paper reverse causality. Interesting. But it's the idea, maybe it's people mm -hmm. with mental health issues to start with choose you know, they choose vegetarianism they, because maybe they think it'll make them they, feel better. Exactly. Maybe they think it's trying to make them do better. Mm -hmm. Evidence for that? Well, there are antidepressive medicines, mm -hmm. for example, that some of the five side effects include weight gain. There you go. Right? Okay. So if you're taking a medicine to treat your depression, you're gaining weight, you know, so not only are you sad because you're depressed, mm -hmm. but you're also sad because you're gaining weight. Yep. That's a joke. Right? <laughs> um, one of the things that sometimes people do is they change their diet. And that could be a reason why in individuals, you know, who, who are taking antidepressants might, you know, receive guidance on what to eat, mm -hmm. might choose a vegetarian or a meatless lifestyle. That's certainly a possible. That's certainly possible. In this case, you can't say because the people who were choosing the meatless diets um, had higher income, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, so you can't say, well, they were vegetarian for like economic reasons, yeah. they couldn't afford meat. But, but which there, is, was, which is thing. there was a link, they said, because um, world estimates indicate that the vast majority of individuals who do not consume meat do so for financial difficulties. There are some people, that is true, mm -hmm. and that studies do find that. I'm pointing out that's probably not the case yeah. in, this, in, this, in, this, in this instance. Um, you know, uh, I'm just pointing that out. Um, Another possibility, it could be that it's a people with a mental disorder might increase the, the possibility of choosing a vegetarian mm -hmm. diet, you know, not as a like a compensation for like a medicine or something like that. Um, you know, you, it, it, it's dangerous to say, but, you know, mental disorders could drive people to make decisions about what to eat. I mean, yeah, in general, I think mental disorders can drive sort of your, your, your life choices, maybe do something drastic. You know, this isn't very much related, but cut all your hair off, for example, because you're depressed. <laughs> so that sort of idea, right? right make, are, make drastic correct. lifestyle changes due mm -hmm. to your depression. Correct. Um, whether you believe that or not, there are things we're going to say about that. However, what the research points us to is a, a relationship between, you know, uh, vegetarianism and, um, and depressive episodes. It's also possible that, especially in a country like Brazil, mm -hmm. which is a big beef country. Big beef country, big very much beef so. country. Even a lot of beef that's shipped to the United States comes from, yeah. com comes from Brazil. So it's possible that people who choose a meatless diet... Um, you know, are not treated as well in society, are sort of picked on. Sure, sure. Um, that's kind of thing. Sort of prejudice um, against vegetarians. Because people will yeah. find anything to nitpick. As long as you're different, people will find something to nitpick about you. Mm. Yes. Um, however, despite whatever those may be, the results of the, 
of this study mm-hmm. sort of uh, corroborate previous findings saying that meatless diets are associated uh, with the presence of symptoms of depression and more episodes of it compared to meat eating. Okay, like I said, these are just correlational data, not causal data. Mm-hmm. And that is a fascinating thing to me. Um, and, you know, you could just say something like, you know, if, if, have you ever been on a diet, Dan? I have not been on a diet. Well, I have not. I, I've tried diets, and I can tell you that they make you me miserable. Oh, yeah, I get that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Any kind of restrictive eating, it's one of those things mm-hmm. um, that people don't like. You know, it can make you unhealthy. Mm-hmm. You know, you, like we were talking before, you have to supplement your things. Um, and that could contribute to some of the things that we saw. Right. Um, it's also associated that some of the nutritional dif- differences in, in a vegetarian diet, even though they measured things in the blood and there was no d- nutritional differences here, mm-hmm. the things that we mentioned, like you know, omega-3 fatty acids, things like d- zinc and other vitamins, could lead to mental health disorders mm-hmm. too. Um, and it's possible that you know those things could lead to dep- depression. Um, it was you know what was interesting about it was that the you know the meat avoiders were clearly associated with poor mental health outcomes um, even though other things were like nutritional intake was very similar you know, nutritional sort of thing intake was very very similar mm-hmm. and so the you know when we were hemming and hawing about it we were basically saying you know do they stop eating meat first and then become depressed? Mm-hmm. Do they become depressed first and then stop eating meat? And the, the, this, these kinds of studies don't don't address that. Yeah, yeah. The, these kinds of studies also don't address the idea that if you are depressed, right, maybe you should eat more meat. Oh, that, that's yeah, a, that's a fair that's point. A that's huge a fair point. Overstatement of the kind of thing. It also doesn't say that if you um, are eating meat and you stop, mm-hmm. you're going to become depressed. Right. So sort it, of, it's not saying th- those are cause and effect things. That this kinds of research. Um, completely does not address. I also don't think they really addressed like lifelong vegetarianism, that's lifelong veganism very, sort of thing. A, that, that's a fair point. This was sort of a, 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 a cross-sectional with mm-hmm. a measurement in time. These are not, not lifelong things. They didn't look at how long you had been meatless, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, or if uh, there were pre-existing mental disorders that That's a fair people point, were yeah. like self-treating and they maybe not maybe weren't self-treating with the right things yeah they uh they didn't control for uh medications mm-hmm. that you know that the, these people were taking kinds of things like that so there's a lot of things like that um that if you look at the popular press the popular press ignores all things for the sensational headline uh, like meat and mental health yeah right trying like for clickbait what got me interested <laughs> was the I clickbait. saw I saw the clickbait and we're we're looking at it in a little bit more depth and I want to come depth and I want to come back and address that a little bit more after we take a, a break for some underwriting announcements here on health 411 you are listening to 1077 the Bronx and 1077 the Bronx there's no appointment needed for this doctor's visit now back to the all-new health 411 underwritten by Capital Health, Minds Advancing Medicine. 1077 The Bronx, 1077thebronc.com. We're recording Health 411 from the Digital Bronx Studios. Welcome back. We are having a conversation today about meat consumption and mental health, especially depression. And I was spurred on, I was saying at the end of the last segment, Dan, mm-hmm. I was a 
we were looking for ideas of things to talk about on, on today's broadcast. And I saw the headline, you know, you know, meat and mental health, mm. right? And if you follow, not even the science, before you even got to the scientific literature, if you just sort of clicked around and look at, you know, some news places that have picked up that, mm -hmm. I found a very, very different approach on two different websites. Mm -hmm. One of these like pro-vegan vegetarian websites had an article about this study. Right? About this study. About this study okay. that we just talked about. And then there was another one that was a more general mainstream place mm -hmm. that wasn't so, you know, promote. It was... I'm it was not, more neutrality. Was more we'll neutral. Say. Yeah. I don't want to call it pro meat, but I'm gonna, it, was, it was much more neutral. And what I found interesting is the pro vegan slash vegetarian website mm -hmm. talking about the same article, right, was very, very dismissive of it. The article was all about the kinds of things you don't know in this article, uh -huh. right? They, like, it's just correlation. I mean, sort of it's not cause, It's just a little bit what we talked about. But it was all about that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. right? What was interesting about the more balanced uh, view of it, which I don't be pro meat or something like that, they talked about what the researchers had actually described, mm. right? About they talked about um, about the health con. They talked that you know, there were our health benefits of being a vegetarian, but then they they were very clarified to say that the nu the nutrient deficiencies that sometimes show up in vegetarianism do not explain what they sort of saw. They talked about, you know, if you are going to choose a meatless diet, the kinds of things you had to do. Mm -hmm. It was a very different approach to exactly the same article. Right. And so I think it's interesting because it spurred me on that if I was teaching, you know, an upper level seminar mm -hmm. this semester, one of the things I often have students do is we look for things in the popular press that mm -hmm. talk about science. And then I make the students go back and read the original research. And see how it was sensationalized Absolutely. by the media sort of thing. And students who have taken that course with me, you may recognize, this would be a great example of what came out in the media on websites or in press releases mm -hmm. often does not reflect the actual research that was done. Or they want clickbait. They it's want you to watch the, and stuff like read that. their articles sort of thing. Absolutely. And I want to say more about this because as I was looking around and um, looking at this idea, it's something I had never really thought about. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not a vegetarian, but I hadn't really thought about the mental health consequences mm -hmm. as it relates to depression and choosing to, meet, to meet, be meatless. Um, what I found is there's at least a decades-old body of literature where people have looked at this before. Really? This Brazil study is not new. It's actually not even the best study that's ever been done, uh -huh. right? And um, in that there's a, there's a, there's a, a journal called uh, Critical Reviews in Food Science and Nutrition. In that journal, um, as recently as 2021. Oh, it's last year. Yeah, last yeah. year. Um, there was a meta-analysis done. Mm -hmm. Right, a meta-analysis of meat consumption, depression, and anxiety. Okay, sounds right on sounds, target, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, certainly. Now, what is a meta-analysis? When somebody says a meta-analysis done, what does that mean? Well, to me, it kind of means like you have a giant body of literature about a certain subject. You take data out of that literature and you sort of use it to form a new idea. Um. Yes, yes, but not necessarily a new idea. Or, or kind of like organize the data in such a way where where it shows. Um, I want to say new idea again, but so okay. So it sh it sort of shows you what's going on. 
so in science, right? How do how are this is I think why you're using new idea. Mm-hmm. How do paradigms shift? How do people figure out what is true? It's not from a single study. Right. What they look at is the weight of the evidence. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of studies being done, some of them are really good, some of them are not so good in terms of their experimental design. Some of them have very small subjects, a number of subjects, some have a lot. Uh, and you know, they, some of them have different kinds of control groups, all these sort of things. What a meta-analysis is, is somebody and you can do these now. You see a lot of them because of computers, mm-hmm. right? You can go in there and search all these databases and collect literally thousands of research studies that are being done. Mm-hmm. Then you set your level of criteria. What kind of studies do you believe the most? Mm-hmm. Randomized controlled trials, independent verification of mental illness instead of self-reporting. Right. When it comes to food, you know, people are well known to mis not necessarily purposely, but misremember mm. the when they report on their food or alcohol consumption and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, how many beers did you have last night? Dan? Oh, two, uh, and uh, then it's right, like seven. Right, like, right, yeah, but it, whatever it is, people lose track all the time. Yeah. So there was this meta study that was done, um, and you know, like I said, it was called of meat consumption, depression, and, and anxiety. So what they did in this study is they looked at studies that were just looking at whether you consume meat, whether you didn't consume meat, mm-hmm. that they could verify. They looked at studies that specifically measured anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah, yeah. And they were able to narrow this huge thousands of studies down to a number that they, they could actually work with, right? Um, they extracted the data. They had multiple people looking at these things. They evaluated the data to make sure that they knew that that, that, that all the criteria that they had set up to be very stringent to mm-hmm. look at this look at this potential association between whether you eat meat or not and whether you have anxiety and depression. Um, and did it come to similar conclusions as to this Brazilian <laughs> paper? You're, you're reading there's, my mind. There's the question, right? It, a- absolutely. So in the meta-analysis, you know, they basically examined the quantitative relationship between meat consumption um, or avoidance and depression and anxiety, right? Um, it ended up that they had over 170,000 participants when they combined all these different wow. studies. 157 of them were meat consumers and they had th- over 13,000 meat abstainers, mm-hmm. okay? And what they did was they calculated the magnitude of the effect between meat consumers and meat abstainers and they did a whole bunch of statistical corrections. Um, meat consumption, what they found out here, was associated with lower depression scores mm-hmm. and lower anxiety store, scores compared to the meat abstainers, right. which is interesting. Compared to vegans, meat consumers experienced both lower depression and lower anxiety. Mm-hmm. Sex did not matter. Okay. And that doesn't mean if you're having sex or not. <laughs> I figured that in, much. In this case, it's, it's whether you're a male or you're a female. Mm-hmm. The study explained 58 and 76% of the between studies variability in depression and anxiety. That's a high percentage of the variability in those things. The key thing that stuck in my brain that I'm going to read from the abstract because it's sort of cool. Remember, the Mm -hmm. meta study is looking at very rigorous studies. A cool thing they did here is they ranked how rigorous were the studies that they included, right? They gave high scores and they had like three people looking at these things Mm -hmm. and they had the match. 
They gave high scores to the, the studies that were very, very rigorous, mm -hmm. and low scores to ones that were less well-controlled, less well-studied. Maybe sort of more self-reported type information. Exactly. Versus like independently verified. Yep, bingo. Mm -hmm. The analysis showed the more rigorous the study, the more positive and consistent the relation between meat consumption and better mental health was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Isn't that so, so cool? So the better you study it, or like the more in-depth you go, the more you see that this, this, this correlation is really kind of out in your face. Um, I wouldn't say more in-depth, but what it's saying here, if you look at how, how, how people learn things in science, it's based on the weight of the evidence. Mm -hmm, right. And the weight of the evidence is clearly showing that meat abstainers had higher levels of depression than meat consumers, mm -hmm. meat eaters. Um, and that is amazing to me. Of the studies that they looked at that were very highly controlled, there was some variability, absolutely. And there is a literature to say that this isn't true. But if you look at this, you might, in this case, they had like two studies that didn't show this, one that was sort of neutral, and something like 13 studies that showed Right, the positive benefit in terms of anxiety. Oh, but there were some studies which showed the, the opposite. Absolutely. Okay. Right, but they tended to be the lower quality studies. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's the point of me saying that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. F fascinating. Right. Fascinating, and it blows my mind because you know you know I know um, people. <laughs> I hope you know people who choose who choose who choose to be like vegan and stuff. Yeah, of course. Right, and some of them and. I'm, you know, get me in trouble with some of these people if they even listen. Some of them are very, very dogmatic mm -hmm. about. Uh, you're, you're, are you agreeing with me just because I'm your professor? Or are you no? I think me I, th people? I think I agree with you, but I also think that the opposite is also true. That these meat eaters will sometimes push down on these vegetarians and these vegans and say, <laughs> "No, you have to eat meat." Or not, you have to eat meat, but sort of like this is better. Like it's better for you, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but well, there are nutritional things you don't get, right? Oh, of course. But if the person's adequately eating these things, especially if you're pregnant or have other health concerns going up. Um, yes, that's true. The rebound is there. But it made me think, are people that pushing of the meatless lifestyle? Because like the things we talked about before, do they have a pre-existing mental illness? And I want to leave you with that thought as we take a break on Health 411 for some underwriting announcements. You're listening to 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. There's no appointment needed for this doctor's visit. Now back to the all new Health 411, underwritten by Capital Health, Minds Advancing Medicine. 1077 The Bronx, 1077thebronc.com. We're recording Health 411 from the Digital Bronx Studios. Welcome back. I'm Professor Jonathan Karp, and I'm having a conversation sort of with our student producer Dan Geller and we're talking about uh, a study and a meta study that showed that individuals who consumed meat um, had lower average depression and anxiety levels than the people who avoid eating meat. Mm -hmm. um, these studies show that vegans experience greater levels of depression than meat eaters being male or female did not matter and study quality explains a significant proportion of the between study variability and and um in, which which was confirmed in the meta-analysis that we described later um what the study does not say is anything about cause and effect, mm. right? Dan mentioned absolutely correctly. It does not say anything about uh, uh, how long 
you were a vegetarian mm-hmm. before statistically you had twice as much chance of uh, having a depressive episode. Right. Uh, on the other side too, it doesn't toss a anything about sort of the quality of the meat that you're eating because mm-hmm. meat certainly has different qualities you know um <laughs> i mean sort of the walmart meat you get is probably not as good as the princeton gourmet butcher shop well um well it depends what you mean by not as good right nutritionally i mean okay some meat is served comes from animals that have been given hormones or right drugs or things but like there, that. I don't think but, that but, makes but, it any worse, but does it? I think what makes like high quality, let's just, I don't know, beef from low quality beef mm-hmm. is sort of how tender it is. Right. Like when you eat it, uh, which is a function of what the animal was fed, uh, a function of the health of the animal, the age of the animal. It's also it, quite subjective it, to it, yourself. It is, but you know, sometimes, you know, aged meat sits out for like 72 hours or so. Um, before it's like packaged and cooked and mm-hmm. done those sort of things. And that's because the natural enzymes in the meat start to break down some of the fire. It's sort of a natural meat tenderizer process right. that happens. You know, cheaper meat, you know, comes right from, you know, the animal slaughterhouse is put in packages and goes right on the shelf. Shipped off to Walmart. Go, well, don't, don't make fun of Walmart, you know. Um, but that's, you know, some, you know, it's also whether you're feeding it, uh, whether the animal is grazing, whether you're feeding it, like, food you know like you're giving it all the food so yeah. it doesn't really like have gra- to move there's the whole, whole thing about grass-fed beef versus yes the other the type corn of fed corn beef, right corn sort um, of thing. and so these kind of studies you know that i was thinking in my office i was reading these you know they don't really talk about the the chicken and the egg kind of thing and mm-hmm. then i said well i can't say chicken and egg so like the seed and the plant you know which one comes first gotcha <laughs> gotcha you know I mean? so which one comes first do you do me- do mental health issues you know, precede the vegetarian or vegan lifestyle, or is it, or or is it backwards? Mm-hmm. These sort of studies don't say anything about that. Um, you know, and it's it's sort of I think I find it a very very interesting thing um, because it's not just that one study that sparked me. When I looked into it a little mm-hmm. bit, there seems to be a, 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 a reproducible body of data. Right. Reproducible sort of, keyword, right? At, at reproducible. And so how, like I, I was telling you over and over again, how do you learn things in science? Mm-hmm. Is it just like one experiment changes the world? It's the evidence. The, the weight of the evidence from repeated observation. So although these articles didn't really talk about causation, or they did not at all talk about causation, could we talk about causation? We can absolutely talk so, about causation. But we have to be very, very careful to say course. these studies are not about these causation, they're just about correlation. This is short, sort of just what we're positing to be what could be the case. Okay. So you, you mentioned sort of zinc, omega-3 fatty acids, all mm-hmm. sort of thing that you don't get in a vegan or vegetarian diet as much, or you need to take supplements for. Now, is there a link between that and depression, mental illness? Well, certainly poor health does lead of to course. The depression and mental illness. Mm-hmm. And some of those things are very important for like the nervous system to function. Of course. You know, the, 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 the omega-3 fatty acids from everything from plasma membranes to making, you know, all those products are very, very important without going into the, the, the factors. Zinc and magnesium are very, very important factors for receptors to work, mm-hmm. uh, for cell division to work, catalysis, all that kind of thing. All those metabolic things that you hated studying when you took a biochemistry class. Well, I'm in biochem right, right now. Right? So. <laughs> and so you will see things like zinc, magnesium, mm-hmm. you will see fatty acids that are involved. Um, it just, it, so they're all part of the biochemistry of life. Mm-hmm. And is it possible that if other things are, ha- like if you don't have those things, that certain organs or things in your body might not work 
appropriately. And, and you know, your brain and nervous system is certainly subjected to those factors, mm-hmm. right? Which leads me to address, you know, they're also studying these things in relatively healthy people, mm-hmm. right? If you are in any sort of disease state, or if you have any sort of ailment or something like that, you know, these these correlations may break down. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the high quality studies excluded, you know, people who might have been taking chemotherapeutic drugs. Right. People who are on long term, you know, immunosuppressive drugs from mm-hmm. organ transplants. Those kinds of things were excluded in the high quality studies. So there's a lot of other potential variables that could influence this relationship. Mm-hmm which is sort of cool. Um, what does it mean? Are you going to run out now and like eat more meat I, to try to avoid depression? I probably won't. I've always sort of considered vegetarianism because I'm an animal lover, but I also don't think that this sort of scares me away from veganism at some point in my distant future, for example. No, it, it, remember, it doesn't say that you should uh, avoid being a vegan to avoid depressive episodes. Yeah, that it, would be... It, it says nothing about mm-hmm. that. This is not cause and effect. None of this stuff was manipulated in mm-hmm. these studies. But it's an interesting thing to talk about and to think about in terms of just biology and basic things that are going on. So just as this sort of shows an association between vegetarianism and um, decreased mental health. Is there an association with eating meat and increased mental health? Well, in these studies, people who ate meat had less depressive episodes and less anxiety. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say, like I said before, eating meat was going to make them go away. Mm -hmm. How long do you eat meat? What's the quality of the meat? Uh, Does it matter if it's chicken or beef or fish? Fish, Right? Anything. You You know, Bird, you know, the people eating pigeon. You know, it, it's like, I mean, you know what I mean. I, no, I know like you quail, mean. Quail. So say. this this was just in Brazil, right? But I'm sure there's plenty of... Well, the original, that's another really important thing. This study, the, the, the real study, not the meta study, mm-hmm. was done in Brazil, which is a big meat-eating country. So if you went and to somewhere like India, for example, exactly, it could be very in different. India, something like 40% of the population does not eat meat. Mm-hmm. Would this relationship, would this association hold in a society where it might not be such a big deal. Mm -hmm. You don't go, every time you go to a restaurant, you don't have to explain why you're not ordering meat. Do you know what I mean? Of course. Which which, which happens sometimes in this country. I've seen it happen. Mm -hmm. It it probably happens in Brazil. Big meat eating, how come you're not eating meat? (laughs) Right? And then, you know, that's the kind of thing that can make people feel bad too because it's distracted to the conversation, the social experience. Like if you went to a country like India where there's more non-meat eaters, Mm -hmm. would the relationship hold? No it, way to know. You, yeah. you know how you Unless figure it? they did a study in, in that, India, right? Bingo. How do you figure it out? You do a study and do such a study in India. And compare it to Brazil, compare Com- it to America, compare it to exactly. other countries, you know? There you go. And like I said, the, it, and it's also not talking about how the meat is prepared. Because mm-hmm. it, maybe it's not meat per se. Mm. Maybe it's, I don't know, ketchup. <laughs> Ketchup. You know what? That's true. It could be whatever you're putting on the meat, the seasoning you're using on the How meat. How you're cooking it, the right? Side, the side dishes. You, you probably put different things on meat than you put on vegetables. Certainly. When you're cooking them. I don't know. I don't, I've never put A1 on my salad. So <laughs> well, Maybe you should try it. Maybe I should. Um, you know, ketchup goes on everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm not saying that that's the case, but I'm saying that's how you figure out, that's how you manipulate it. Maybe a study is done for, you know, comparing people who, you know, eat beef versus people who eat chicken versus mm-hmm. people who eat fish compared to people who don't eat any of it. You know what I mean? Right. Those are the kinds of studies that 
are really hard to do, but if you're really going to dissect this and try to learn, it's the kind of thing that probably has to be done. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool you're, too. You're looking at me funny. Um, what I'll do instead of starting a new thought, I'll wind down mm -hmm. today's program. Uh, this is 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. We're recording live from the Digital Bronx Studios. Thank you for listening to Health 411. This program is part of Capital Health and Rider University's efforts to bring people together to address issues associated with all aspects of health and healthcare. I hope today's conversation gives you something to think about, about the connections between meat consumption and anxiety and depression. Hopefully you'll have something to discuss with your family and friends. If you have questions and or comments about this program or want to make suggestions for future broadcasts, broadcasts, sorry, about that, please email us at health411 at rider.edu. Remember, you have a doctor's appointment scheduled for every Sunday at 10 a.m. Don't miss the all-new Health 411 with Dr. Jonathan Karp and our expert medical guest from Capital Health. You can listen to Health 411 anytime on demand. Go to 1077thebronc.com slash health411 to listen to past episodes or tune in every Thursday at 9 a.m. to hear the weekend rewind edition of Health 411. Health 411 on 1077 The Bronc is underwritten by Capital Health, Minds Advancing Medicine. Capital Health is the region's leader in providing progressive quality patient care with exceptional physicians, nurses, and staff, as well as advanced technology.